This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. Eight minutes after five o'clock and it's time for the interview. And as we've indicated, we have an interview takeover. So today we are joined by Zakiti Mkize. So it's part of Women's Month and commemorating Women's Day yesterday. Our interview today focuses on women in science. We spoke to Zakit Mkize on International Girls in ICT Day in April. And we wanted her back on the platform as part of our co- our coverage of Women's Month. Zakit Mkize is a PhD candidate in medicine at the HIV uh, Pathogenesis Program at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. She is also the founder of of the NPO Black Girl Scientists. She's passionate about science uh, communications and uses her YouTube channel called Black Girl Scientists to motivate and encourage black people, especially black women, to get into science. Today, she takes over our interview and speaks to other women scientists. She will introduce her topic as well as a guest as she takes over the segment. Remember that our studio line still remains the same, 086-000-2032, and your voice notes on 0614-104-107. And you can also drop us a tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre. Zakit, what's your Twitter handle? At Zaki underscore M. Z-A-K-K-I-E underscore M. Okay, so tell us about the conversation that you want to have. So like you said, with it being Women's Month, I really wanted to focus on something uplifting. You know, we always hear about challenges, about being a woman in STEM, especially a black woman in STEM, etc. So, I mean, although those challenges are still there and I, I think they're not spoken about enough, but I really wanted something uplifting, something that's going to inspire maybe a young girl, you know, that's listening or even a parent that's listening if their kids are really interested in in pursuing a career in science. So that's why I chose a topic, thriving as a woman in STEM, because I really think that it is possible to do so. Like, um, you know, it's possible to do, I know a lot of people think that doing a BSc is a dead end. You know, I get a lot of people on my platforms being like, hey, I've done this. You know, a lot of people say I'm going to be unemployed, but there's so many different things you can do. You can study further. You can go into industry. And I know we have two very inspiring women who have very different journeys as well that we're going to speak to today um, with this topic, Thriving as a Woman in STEM. But I also want to add the I to the end of STEM. So it's S-T-E-M, which is science, technology engineering and mathematics and the eyes for innovation uh, which i think is also really part of stem so we we're going to call it STEMI. <laughs> so we <laughs> so we're calling it STEMI for today yeah. tell us about the innovation element and why it's important to attach that as well absolutely important because the research that we do i feel like what's the point of doing it if we're not going to apply it to people um i'm a medical science medical scientist so there's a lot of research that i've done on hiv and i know one of the guests today are also involved in hiv research and they've actually been a program director and like leading a clinical trial so that's part of the innovation part is introducing something new into the field something that can be applied to people you know through going through the various um, channels that it needs to of course for humans it's clinical trials so i think it's important to innovate in science you know there are lots of I know there are lots of people in chemistry they um, men in physics as well so many different things they come they come up with these new innovations that they want to people to actually use so we don't we don't stop at just publishing and, and doing research we actually turn it into a product 
and help humanity. Your guests are on the line, so take it away. You can introduce them. Okay, so today we have Professor Kolega Mlisana, who's the Executive Manager of Academic Affairs, um, Research and Quality Assurance at the National Health Laboratory Service. And we, we also have Dr. Fortunate Mukwena, who's a Biochemistry Senior Lecturer at the Northwest University. So as I said today, our topic is thriving as a woman in STEM, and each of these women, I believe, have thrived in uh, STEMI, as I said, we're going to call it today. Um, I think we can start with Professor Mlisane. Unfortunately, we seem to have a problem. We seem to have a technical problem uh, with the line to them. Um, so as soon as we get them on, we'll bring them on um, on the line. But let's quickly take a break then. 0614-104-107. That is our voice note line. Um, the studio line is still the same. 086-000-2032. And you can also drop us a tweet at Aldrin Simpia and at... Zaki underscore M. You like the E, no? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it the I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Aldrin Saint-Pierre on the Station of the Year. Hi, welcome back. I am, my name is Zagi Timkize and I'm taking over from Aldrin. So today we're talking about thriving as a woman in STEM and we have Professor Mlisane on the line. Hi, Prof. Hi, hello. I thought the line is talking horrible. Oh, yeah, it is. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to all the Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah, as it's, as it's Women's Month, and you are such an inspiration as a woman in STEMI, as we're calling it today, can you tell us a little bit of how you have managed to thrive as a woman in STEM? And how I've managed to thrive. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, no, thank you for that question. Uh, I think it's important. Firstly, obviously, you know, it is never easy as a woman, especially within uh, the scientific field. But I think um, for me, one of the key mottos that really I have lived by has been to really just always make sure that whatever I put my mind to doing, I do it to the best of my ability, as excellently possibly as I can. And uh, that's one. And the second thing is that if I set my mind to doing something, I've got to focus on that. And whatever challenges that come along the way, I need to find a way of um, learning from those challenges on how I can improve who I am and how I perform. So so that when challenges of firstly just being female, whether you know you can compete with your male counterparts and secondly as a black, you know, African female for that matter, wherein you walk into any environment already you starting at a minor because nothing is expected your to be excellent coming from you. You then have got to prove yourself three times, to be three times better than your counterpart. So I think all of that, you know, um, just caused me to be more focused, more resilient, where I can say, you know, I can do this and I'm going to prove them wrong, that I actually can do this. So I mean, those are some of the mechanisms I have um, 
equip myself with. And you find that the moment you you actually overcome the first hurdle, the second one becomes a lot easier because you keep on telling yourself, well, here I am, I have managed. So the next hurdle I should be able to fight and, and, and overcome as well. Yeah, really important qualities you have mentioned there, one being resilience. So, you know, we always hear that we want to encourage young girls to get into to science and, and young women. What contribution do you think, you know, we have as women, um, especially um, young, you know, young women who really want to, to move up the ranks in the field? What contributions do you think women make that are unique um, to the field of STEMI? Oh, no, we make, uh, I would believe, a significant um, a difference. Firstly, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a general, you know, um, agreement now that women who are in leadership, they have different styles from men. We seem to have, I would like to believe, a higher emotional intelligence in that we are able to work with people that we are you know, working with. And, and also, we have got a, a different perspective of things that often comes in quite handy when you then take a senior position. So within science, I mean, right now, if you're looking at, you know, medicine, which is my field, we are seeing a lot more women, you know, in, uh, in health sciences right now. And uh, I think that's a good thing. But at the same time, talking specifically about young women, you know, the, the biggest concern for me is when do we start to actually motivate young girls, you know, to get into science subjects and how much support is there within, you know, the high school, for example. And for me, that's a huge concern because um, my greatest concern is that because um, the schools, the teachers are looking for higher pass rates, I get a sense that the majority of, of, of scholars are shifted towards math literacy, and that concerns me deeply, in that mm-hmm. we're having less and less scholars who are doing pure mathematics and, and science uh, subjects, which will then build the next you know, um, the pipeline of, uh, of young girls getting into STEM subjects. And that for me is a, is, a, is a concern. And so whilst, yes, we definitely uh, are needed as, as women, you know, in this uh, field, but I think we need to push and make sure that we've got enough pool that comes to metric that then can get onto science uh, subjects at, uh, you know, at a higher institution level. Yes. Yes, I totally agree with you, Prof. Thank you so much um, for those words. You are an inspiration to us, um, young women in the field. And I really hope that in the future, we're going to see more and more young people really holding positions, um, you know, like the ones that you hold and not only being on the ground at grassroots level. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You're listening to Aldrin Sampier on the Station of the Year. 
Hi, my name is Agiti and I'm on the interview today and we're talking about thriving as a woman in STEMI. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can call in on 086-0800-20032 or you can send us a WhatsApp on 061-410-4107. You can also tweet us at SAFM Radio and my personal Twitter handle is at Zaki underscore M. So we also have Dr. Fortunate Mugwena on the line, who is a biochemistry senior lecturer at the Northwest University. So I know that a lot of people have different journeys in science. Some people go into academia, um, like yourself, Dr. Mugwena. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Hi, hi, Zagiti. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank How you are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about um, science and, you know, all the exciting things in this Women's Month. So I am in academics as an I'm a senior lecturer. So my job really entails an aspect of teaching um, undergraduate students on, you know, the discipline of biochemistry, which involves molecular biology. So kind of understanding DNA, RNA and protein. DNA, just to simplify it, is the genetic code about anything to do with life. So the secret book about um, <laughs> to do with life. And then proteins are the expressed things that we see, right, in human beings. So I teach that. And also I conduct research. So my particular interest in research is working on neglected tropical diseases that are plaguing Africa most, uh, predominantly working on malaria and uh, schistomiasis, which causes uh, belhazia. I have worked a little bit in industry as well. So I worked sort of like across the different spectra of um, science. So I hope that that assists. Yeah. So interesting that you said you've worked in industry and academia. How did how did you do that? So I sort of, I immediately after my PhD, I did two postdocs. So I did one on viruses (laughs) and I also did another one on uh, uh, sort of, it was actually viruses because one was HIV associated cancer and another one was diarrheal pathogens. And I thought, let me try out an industry perspective. So I worked as an application specialist um, for a company that really sort of works a lot with um, Promega in the US. So there was a lot of me getting trained on different instruments that are used by hospitals, by industry, as well as by academy, and coming back to then service um, the different clients that they have. So I have a little bit of uh, the two perspectives, but I thought I was more of an academic, so I didn't stay too long in industry. Oh, wow. Okay, thank you. We do have a caller on the line, Zama from Durban. Hi, Zama. Hello, man. How are you? I'm good, and you? Well, thank you. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for the good work that you're doing, uh, especially to the black youth. You uh, are, you are really inspiring. Oh, them. oh thank yes. you, thank you so yes. much. Yes, ma'am. Actually, I have like I'm blessed with girls. So one of my daughter, uh, she's really interested in doing, like in doing, in, in going through the the science route. So I wanted to find out, like, since right now she's doing grade nine, how do I encourage her to pursue, like, the right um, uh, way to, 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 to so that she can be inspired as, as, as you are? I love that question because my 
own father inspired me to pursue a career in science. And I was probably about your daughter's age in grade nine. I would say that in the way that you can support her, kind of guide her if she wants to pursue a career in science is that she really, she needs to do pure maths. So not maths literacy, literacy. the science subjects. I'm not sure what they call these days. They always change, but the life science, physical science, biology, those kind of subjects. I really think that if she's interested herself, that's already you've won already. You don't have to try and and force her now to pursue a, a career in science. You can just guide her, you know, as your parents. And as I said, you know, my own dad did the same. I was in grade 10 and I found science actually very difficult. And my dad said to me, are other kids doing science? And I said, yes, dad, they are. And he said, why can't you? So, yeah, just continue to to encourage her, guide her, seek other um, advice if you need to from the school, etc. And I, I think, like I said, you've already won. She's interested herself. So, yeah, good luck to her. So we still have uh, Prof Mlisana and uh, Dr. Mugwena on the line. I'm interested because I really wanted, you know, this topic to be uplifting. You know, I don't want us to talk about all the bad things or the challenging things that we we experience in this career. So if you could just, you know, tell us a little bit about what is exciting about what you do. Maybe you can start with you, Prof. Okay. No, thank you for that. Um Actually, I always say, if anybody wants to ask me where I would be in the last five years, I wouldn't be able to tell them where I would be right now. And that's just how exciting you know, my life, you know, and my life work has, history work has been. In that, you know, initially I did pure medicine, MPSHB. And when I finished, I then was looking, and these were all circumstantial a lot of times. Then I then look for um, a specialty that would not demand a lot from me because I was married then and therefore I had to look at the needs of, of our family versus the time demands at work. And I ended up in microbiology. And I mean, people ask me, why did you do microbiology? How can you be a doctor and do microbiology? What does that even mean? But I found that when I you know, specialize in micro, it really was so exciting and interesting for me because it actually, what we do as pathologists in microbiology, we are the people who look at specimens and we identify the cause of the disease and we then not just look at what is causing an infection, but once we have identified the bacteria, it is a bacteria, we are able to test that against different antibiotics and ultimately, we send out a report to a doctor and say, so-and-so has got a urinary tract infection. It is caused by this organism, and this is the antibiotic you must use. So I claim that we are actually the brains behind everybody's doctor. You won't see us because we work in the lab, but actually they get the, the diagnosis from us, and then they get to know how to manage their patients. And that's not just all you can do. I've ventured into HIV research, because, I mean, the scope just gets wider in that there's just so many infectious diseases that are there and anybody can, you know, you can hook on whatever is interesting for you. So you can either continue to work in the lab or you can go the, you know, the academic route 
or you can actually work in, 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 in research. So it's a very exciting and a very broad field, which Thank I would encourage anybody to try. Thank you. Thank you so much, Prof. So right now we're going to go back to the news. We'll be back with the conversation Thriving as a Woman in STEM after Fifi Peters. You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. And Fifi Peters is back again just after 6 o'clock. So we're still continuing with the interview, and it is the interview takeover with uh, Zaki Timkiza, who is a PhD candidate in medicine. And uh, she is in conversation um, this afternoon with the Kolega Mlisani, Professor Kolega Mlisani, as well as Dr. Fortunate Mukwena. Remember that we're still taking your calls on 086-000-2032 and voice notes on 0614-104-107. You can tweet at Aldrin Simpia and tweet at and speaking about WhatsApp, we got this uh, WhatsApp. Uh, it's unsigned. It says, it is It is wonderful that SAFM is focusing on women uh, this month. Women scientists on air right now are inspirational. Another industry which is traditionally male-dominated is boat building. However, this industry is a, is a growing hotspot for successful women. The industry body, Sabex, is run by another inspirational young woman who began her career as a marine engineer. Perhaps a feature on this industry would also be inspirational to young um, women thinking about this career choice. Maybe something that we can explore with the team. Zakiti, over to you. Thank you. So, uh, Dr. Mugwena, I just want to ask you, you know, you have a very focused on academia you know that is that is the route that you took in your science journey how do you thrive if you can just mention two things maybe for someone listening who's also interested into getting into academia what what would you say to them how would you sell your industry to them Thank you so much, Zakiti. Yes, I am an academic. So really the major thing about thinking about academia as a career is that what you want to maybe be interested in as a person is one, you need to be highly curious. So the major thing about academia is asking yourself questions and probably trying to get into questions that nobody else has asked. So academia in, in in of itself really relies on novelty. So you need to kind of ask questions that nobody else has asked. Hopefully throughout your honors, master's, PhD, and even undergraduates, you hone in on skills until you become an expert in something. And that expertise that you have, then you use those skill sets to answer a novel question so that nobody else has sort of asked before. So that's the major thing about academia is that you what I find exciting is being able to answer questions that nobody else has asked before. I worked, I work on drug discovery, so trying to find uh, targets maybe that nobody else has looked at or can, coming up with, you know, the ambitious target of looking at a disease, perhaps maybe trying to overcome the idea of drug resistance, which is a complicated thing, but um, it could be something that if you invest a lot of time and effort into, you could be able to solve. So that's the first thing is being interested in problem solving and also having a very highly curious mind. Um, academia is also interesting in that it gives you opportunities to travel and also to network and interact with a broader community of people. So mm-hmm. you are able to move around, go to conferencing, interface with people in the US, in the UK, wherever, all over the world. So it's not just a field that is limited to wherever you are located. You could also have these networks of people that you are thinking along with, that you are questioning, that you are interrogating on a daily basis. So that's what I really find um, 
interesting about the field. Yes, yes. Thank you, Dr. McGuena. I love that. I, you know, I've had the opportunity to travel quite a bit myself. So that is really a plus. So we have a caller on the line. I'm going to ask the caller to introduce themselves. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Uh, hi. The name is Sean. Sorry, your name is? Hello. Is Hello. That, uh, hi, I'm phoning in to tell your listeners that um, your guest speaker is also an amazing tennis player. <laughs> and I was her former coach and she's extremely talented in any field. If she was into rocket science, she would be great at it. Oh my gosh! Hi, Uncle Hussein. Hi, how? <laughs> now I can I'm hear you. I'm so thrilled oh to hear you on radio, and I made sure that I take the number down and send the message because you are an inspiration, absolutely, to everybody. Oh, um, thank and, you. Yeah, thank you so, much so for I'm in. absolutely thrilled to hear uh, what you are doing in the science field. And especially for the youth, um, yeah, it's amazing. So keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so nice to hear from you. Thank you. All the best. Thanks. Bye. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having a moment. I literally haven't heard from him in years. But anyway, going back to thriving as a woman in STEMI, I believe we still have Prof on the line as well. Prof, I know you've also been involved in, you know, Dr. Maguena said what's really important is doing novel research, something new, something nobody's done before. You know, hopefully in the future, we're going to see black woman scientists winning Nobel Peace Prizes, you know. So can you tell us a little bit about the work that you've done that's been really excited in the really exciting in the field and that has also translated into you know something bigger like the medical translational research you mentioned HIV research as well thanks for, for that question yes actually when I, I did my PhD I was at that moment uh, I just been working you know with uh, Caprista the Center for AIDS a program of research in South Africa and I was looking at acute HIV infection, you know, how when the virus comes into the body for the first time, what actually happens within the body. And uh, once we're doing that work, I then got to look at sexually transmitted infections in women who were following up, who would have contracted HIV. And, you know, through that work, you know, one was able to realize that especially for women, currently in the country, the management of STI, sexual transfer infections, is uh, what we call syndromic management, where somebody comes in with symptoms and we know that if you've got a discharge, this is the treatment that will give you. If you've got an answer, this is the treatment we'll give you. But, you know, from the work that we were doing, you know, we're able to, to clearly show that Using that uh, syndromic management for women was really not uh, managing STIs appropriately in that a lot of women would have a discharge without any, you know, um, etiological agent, without any causative bacteria or virus. And at the same time, the magnitude of women who have got 
sexually transmitting infections actually have got no symptoms whatsoever. They are asymptomatic. So to rely on symptoms is not helpful at all. So with all that work, we're able to then ultimately say, hey, we need to look at changing how we manage STIs. We actually cannot just rely on syndromic management, but we need to find ways and means of identifying what is the causative agent and treating that because we are otherwise missing out you know, more than 60% of patients because they are asymptomatic. So, I mean, as we stand right now, the country was busy relooking at how we're managing STIs. We now are looking at, you know, how do we diagnose it within the lab? And then once you've diagnosed, then you need to actually prescribe the appropriate therapy. And this also is going to help in that once then you know what you are treating, we are able to curb the, you know, um, misuse of antibiotics as well which is actually, you know, antibiotic resistance. So really, you know, that's, um, that was uh, what, some of the work that I have, I have done. And then there's a lot around TB as well, but let's yeah. just uh, stop there. Yeah, thank you so much. Very, very important topic for women. So we're going to link to an ad break right now. We'll see you back after the ad. For the love of the game. You're listening to Aldrin Sampier. On the station of the year. And we are back talking about thriving as a woman in STEMI. We have a voice note question. I am going to ask Dr. Mugwena to, to answer the question after it's been played. Hi, this is Eugene calling from Newcastle. I just wanted to ask regarding the field of biochemistry. Are there ample uh, job opportunities there in, in, in the job market? Because I, I, I had a love of that, but I decided to choose um, chemistry, and uh, no, pharmacy rather. Uh, and now I'm actually doing my PhD in teaching. So I just want to know, like, um, for my students that are currently, currently tutoring, um, is there a, a, a demand for biochemists? Thank you so much for that question, um, Eugene, as well as uh, Zagiti. Um, so we in South Africa at the moment are struggling because we don't have a thriving um, drug discovery type of uh, uh, industry, So, which is usually in other parts of the world, the place that absorbs the largest number of uh, BSc, like basic uh, degree uh, BSc graduates. So. Um, biochemistry becomes complicated in terms of being able to find a job if you don't specialize, for example, go into honors, master's or PhD. But I know that the SAPS, for example, has like a, a program where they, I think they're trying to get like forensic scientists, they get a large number of people. What you need to do, I think, when you're trying to, when you finish up your biochemistry degree, you need to be able to research the relevant jobs and also have the relevant qualification. For example, you can't, okay, if you have a driver's license, in most of the biochemistry posts, it needs to be a code eight, not a code 10, that a lot of people do. So a lot of people would do like a code 10, which then disqualify you from most of the biochemistry positions. So you, you'd rather than have the right qualification along with, um, no, I mean, the right documentation along with your qualification. But there are places like your subs, your water um, companies, um, Department of Water Affairs, I think, several um, other sort of industries, your CSIR, 
but generally for you to be able to be employable for industry type of jobs, you probably need to have masters um, minimum. Um, honors would be for more technician type of jobs. Um, another way to uh, sort of, you wanna maybe try and see if you can link yourself with an HPCA HPCSA registered scientist that you can then maybe also try use your biochemistry degree to get into like laboratory testing type of places like your Lancet, your Empath, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the fact that we don't have a thriving drug industry as a country is what is sort of severely disadvantaging a lot of our yeah. BSc graduates. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mugwena. Very important topic. I also, which I also try to cover them in my YouTube channel, you know, Black Girl Scientists. Very, very important for people who are interested in, in pursuing a career in the field. So very um, quickly, just closing our topic for today, which was thriving as a woman in STEM. In one sentence, Prof, I'm going to ask you to go first. If you can just give us one key tip as th to thrive as a woman in STEMI, I'm going to ask Prof, for you to go first, followed by Dr. Mugwena. Okay, so for me, it always is whatever you set your mind to do, do it excellently. Ask mm -hmm. yourself this question if you don't do it well, why are you even bothering to do it? Yeah. Irrespective of what we're talking about, always train yourself to do everything excellently, and you won't go wrong. And a lot of doors will open up for you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Mugwena. Thank you so much for that question. I think really to thrive, you need to make sure that you invest in yourself, make sure that you've got the ne necessary know-how, be curious, remain curious to be a great scientist and love what you do. Just enjoy it. Absolutely. I, I love that because I love what I do as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Prof. Um, Lisana, as well as you, Dr. Mugwena, both of you are very, very inspiring women in the field and we look up to you. So thank you. Well done. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you so much, Prof. Thank you so much, Doc, for making uh, Zakita's debut on radio <laughs> such a special moment. Uh, thank you so much for the contribution to this conversation as well. Well done. Thank you. How do thank you feel? You. I, I feel like I'm coming for your job, Elgin. <laughs> <laughs> Stare me. Stare me. <laughs> Zakiti, well done. Um, and uh, may you continue to prosper and may the YouTube channel also grow. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for coming through. Um, Zakiti Mkiza there, the interview takeover did excellently there. Maybe this is an idea feature that we might actually explore going, going further. Well done. Enjoy the rest of your day.